Unwinding Loons, Caulk Like Coffee, and the 100-word story. It's all part of Kwame & Company. Okay, here we go. Kwame & Company podcast number 16, well into double digits. And that doesn't count the classics that ran last week with, uh, I forget who, interviews from the past. Right. Uh, so... Uh, and I don't know. I guess that's the only way to number this. Uh, we got Kwame and Company regular podcast, Kwame and Company classic, which is old interviews. Right. One was about bullying. Mm-hmm. I heard it down in uh, southern Minnesota somewhere. I was sitting there, and the <laughs> every once in a while, I I get in the car and I turn on the radio, and it's it's on the um, uh, the word app. The word app, I guess, on my phone. Sure. And the podcast will start, and oh, this is interesting. Uh, didn't seem to ask for that, but uh, I'll take it. And it, it was an interview with uh, uh, one of the co-editors um, of a book. Oh, boy, I don't know. It was probably about 10 years ago, but it's still out there. The book is about sure. bullying. and it still uh, applies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there was uh, a bunch of famous authors who either had been bullied, uh, were bullies, or watched it from a distance, mm. and their unique response in each of those possible situations. Right. So, uh, yeah, cool. check it out. It's on different that, kind of perspective, like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can always get a podcast because it's still hanging there on the Kwame and Company right, website. Right, so go back and or, listen. And yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Today, uh, we're going to uh, feature uh, my neighbor to love coalition because PK talked to those guys mm-hmm. uh, the week I was gone on vacation. So we'll. We'll hear what's going on. Really exciting because they're getting close to opening up the first fourplex in this uh, complex in Brainerd, uh, which is uh, to house, uh, not house, provide homes for the homeless. Homes. Mm-hmm. House is the wrong word. It's not just, you know, where do we put these people? Right. But it's yeah. making a neighborhood for them. Right. So. Very cool. Yeah. So that's coming up. Uh, before that, some bottom of the column news here. And I'm uh, torn between a brand new one that you haven't heard about. Oh, let's go with that. <laughs> I didn't get to say the or or the the snake and the hawk. Oh, let's talk about the snake and the hawk. Okay, that we'll was, do that, that and a, a new story. one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this will cure you from yard work forever. And not just cure you. I think this is going to be like the <laughs> ultimate excuse for not doing it. Yeah, I thought I saw a hawk. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a hawk circling. Like, don't let your kids know this one. But no, keep it quiet. Yeah, you go out and do the weeding. I'll, right. I'll stay inside. I'll do anything in here. I'll do laundry. I'll anything. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Jones, 64 years old, from Silsby, Texas. So that's enough details to make you think. Oh, this is probably a legit story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's a place. Yeah. Because PK saw it on uh, the, a video somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a news, news right uh, actual yeah actual news. tv news yeah. uh, peggy got a little too close to nature for comfort uh this last month she and her husband did yard work on their property and apparently her husband had sense enough not to stand right next to peggy because <laughs> <laughs> of what happened here right uh and this was reported in the new york times out of the blue a snake fell out of the sky wrapped itself around Peggy's forearm, and started to squeeze. Now, just that would have been enough to freak a lot of people out. Oh, sure. Me included. Uh-huh. If it was if it was Wes, and he was, you, you say he wasn't yeah. close to it. 
I wouldn't have been able to find Wes after oh, this happened to me. He would have been gone. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. happened to you. He yeah. wouldn't have even been around to protect you. No. Much less if it happened to him. Oh, if it happened to him, I would never hear the end of it, you know, and he would never go outside again. Oh, right, but right. if it would have happened to me, I wouldn't have been able to find him afterwards. Right. So, so Peggy said, I immediately screamed and started swinging my arm around to shake the snake off. Of course, when she did this, the snake started whacking her in the face. When they're sure. swinging around the snake. Because the, not all of it is wrapped around no, her arm. No. And it also was striking at her face. Sure. Well, she's screaming. She's waving it around. Yeah. And it just fell out of the sky. Yeah, so it, right. It, well, it's probably a little bit aggressive at that point. Uh, Peggy said, I was screaming, Jesus, help me. <laughs> and, well, that's, that's yeah, a that's, good thing to scream. Yeah, yeah. Next time a snake falls out of the sky. You know, it's probably not a good, a bad idea to... To say Jesus help me without the snake falling out of the sky. Sure, Could no, be that's always a good plan. Normal thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I don't know what to make uh, for supper. Jesus help me. Yeah, you know that'd be much less dramatic. <laughs> right. But, okay. Anyway, so the snake is hissing, flopping around, hitting her glasses with the mouth fangs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it had fangs. Yeah, Doesn't good thing she had glasses on because yeah, her eyeballs would have been bit. Yeah, that's not good. So as that's happening, a hawk <laughs> that apparently had the snake in its clutches beforehand right, swoops down, tries to grab the snake, which it had dropped from on high, and as it wrestled with the snake, grabbed onto uh, Peggy's arm. Well, I'm sure her talons. arm looked somewhat snake-like. Well, oh yeah, and the snake is wrapped up around it. Right, yeah. yeah. It's hard to blame the hawk. Hawk's doing what hawks do. Right. Lost its food, just trying to get it back. Right. Finally, the hawk got a hold of the snake, pulled it off Peggy's arm. Now, what your story is leaving out was the fact that evidently there was hole punctures in her arm, not just from the talons, but from its beak, trying to grab at the snake and missing. Yeah. Now, Peggy said the whole thing went down in probably only 15 or 20 seconds. But it probably seemed like half an hour, you know. I, sure. Time because I'm sure down. that that hawk was already swooping down after the snake just the minute it fell. It knows that it drops it. Right. So snake grabs onto Peggy's arms. Hawk's right there. Right. Uh, Peggy's husband Wendell. <laughs> Wendell. <laughs> now you gotta wonder <laughs> what Wendell thought when he saw his wife screaming and running in a zigzag pattern. That's what it says. <laughs> She was running. Was, Somebody's not shooting at you, Peggy. You got something yeah. attached to well, your arm. You know, the hawk coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I got to her, she was pretty hysterical, said Wendell. Well, Wendell. Imagine. Doctors <laughs> said most of her wounds were caused by the hawk rather than the snake. Well, yeah, the hawk well, has four And your weapons, story, really. evidently, PK said, your story leaves out the fact that yeah. the doctors weren't exactly cooperative when she went in with all these wounds. They yeah. thought she was on drugs. Well, she was probably still yelling, help me, Jesus, when she went to the ER. And she goes oh. in there, and uh, and they said, uh, uh-huh, yeah, snake fell uh, out of the sky. uh uh-huh, sure. Wrapped around your and arm. Then, and then a hawk attacked you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and your name is, what, Napoleon? Yeah. Uh, you know, no. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she says she's healing physically, but still having nightmares about that incident. I would Forever. Nightmares forever. I, You know what? Okay. Hmm. You were gone. Yeah. And, and oh, you had a snake I, incident? No, I have spider. I because oh. I'm afraid of spiders. Oh yeah. So snakes 
they, I mean, if one fell out of the sky on me and started wrapping itself around my arm, yeah, that's probably going to freak up. me out a little bit. Yeah. But I'm generally not like terrified of snakes or anything. Okay. They, I don't like, I wouldn't want bare feet around them by any means. But, <laughs> but um, a spider. And, but a spider. Yeah, I'm not a fan. So last week, I, it was, I can't even remember which day this was. It was a day that Aaron had Charlie here. Okay. I, I know that. Charlie's Aaron's son. Yes, his littlest one. So I took a shower that morning, took my shampoo bottle off, and there was a spider behind it. And not just a, like a nickel, bigger than a nickel, maybe quarter size size spider. That's a good size spider. Oh, yeah, it was big. And and it had that kind of clearish look to it, you know, where this real, real light brown. Yeah. The real okay. So I took the shampoo bottle. I'm banging it against the wall to kill the thing. <laughs> Wes comes in. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just, just killing the spider." On the shower wall. Yeah, no, it's just killing the spider. So that was the first spider I seen that day. Okay. Then I went to the chiropractor at I want to say nine thirty ish in the morning. Yeah. As I'm going to go up to the door, it's kind of a little alcove yeah, by there. there. So yeah. there's a next to the door. There's a corner. Yeah. Okay. Huge spider. In the corner. Like a 50 cent piece spider. With, like, a, with a web or? Nope, just crawling on the wall. Hanging around. And so I told people. something to the lady. She goes, oh, I'll, I'll go take care of it. Oh, yeah. And she, oh, it's not hurting anybody. I said, if that spider jumps on me when I walk out, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'll go move it. So she went oh, out. Move got, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, really, she likes spiders. Yeah, well, I, yeah, so she went bugs. and moved the spider so it could be somewhere else yeah. so it wouldn't jump on me as I walked out the door when I went to leave. Yeah. So then I get back to the station. I'm downstairs. I'm talking to Dave. And all of a sudden, Aaron's looking down at the floor and he goes, watch out, watch out. Okay. I've got spiders on the- no one in particular? No, he's telling me. He's looking at my feet. Oh, okay. And he says, watch out, watch out. So you're thinking it's a spider. Oh, yeah. I am like screaming and I'm jumping off the floor. Heidi and Lori are upstairs. They could hear me going hysterical downstairs. I'm like- pulling my feet up off the floor like what and i look down and he's like it's a cheeto ball oh that's the oddest looking spider i've ever seen it's orange well, i didn't see it all i oh. heard was watch out watch out, watch yeah, out. don't step on the it, yeah oh my goodness i screamed so hard oh man and then i punched aaron i felt really bad well <laughs> you, you, it's just immediate reaction it pretty much do was do? okay it's like don't do that no don't do that don't no. <laughs> I can't imagine what you do if you're uh, sitting in the bathroom doing what people do in the bathroom and the spider. This is, happens quite a bit, actually. Yeah, oh, yes. Sit, and a spider comes running towards your feet. Your, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of indisposed. What do you do? What do, you do? <laughs> that ha- and, and, and in fact, that happened to PK. She was telling me the spider oh, story yesterday. Oh, oh. And, and it was the size of the tile that it was on. So it's like an inch. Well, in square tiles in the she, well, it, at her house. Oh, okay. It she got up like three thirty in the morning to go to the bathroom. She happened to have flip flops on, oh, but oh. she took a spite a picture of it first. Oh, and then killed it with Evidence. her flip flop. All right, but it was well. huge. It was a huge spider. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was an interesting day. And then there, for days after that, yeah. Look out for the Cheeto ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, great. Yeah. Thanks a lot there. Yeah. You get that all the time. So now. Aaron and PK, were they've been having a good time yeah, with that. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Charlie probably thought it was terrifying that I was screaming the way I was. Here's but. what we'll do. I'll go to the Dollar General. 
Oh. And you know, they got those plastic spiders. Oh, there you and go. You attach a mono, mono fill or a, a clear yeah. fishing line on mm-hmm. there. And when Aaron walks in the room sometime, I'll pull on that and it'll come flying out at him. We'll see what happens with the Spider Man there. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Sounds is, like a plan. Yeah. All right. This should be a, a I Love Lucy episode. <laughs> right. This is Kwame and Company on the Word, episode number 16. And PK, when I was on vacation, talked to the ladies from the My Labor to Love Coalition. And uh, here's the first segment of uh, that interview. Perfect. This is 91.5, 102.7, The Word, and I'm PK, and really honored today to have a couple of friends joining me in studio. Vicki Kinney, who is the board chair for My Neighbor to Love Coalition, is with me, as well as Stephanie Pontius, who's the board secretary. Vicki, tell us a little bit about My Neighbor to Love Coalition, because people maybe have heard that term before, they've heard the name, but give us a little bit of a background of who you are. Sure. Um, we started My Neighbor to Love Coalition in, in actually two years ago, in 2021, in August of 2021. And, and our goal really is to end um, homelessness in the, the Central Lakes area here. So it's a long-term solution for homelessness. Um, yep, and that's and we've been working really hard ever since then. We're about um, very close to finishing our first housing project. So so it's been it's been a long haul, but with all the support of everybody in, involved, it's been it's been wonderful. We're really excited to get our first four four residents in, first four households in. So it's yeah, yeah it's a very exciting time for for you guys for sure. Yeah. I yeah. I have to think that there was a lot of learning curve that probably took place from when you first started, mm-hmm. and then just there's things that happen. And even the culture changes and, oh. well, COVID, you know, you have all of these things that played <laughs> yeah. a factor. It, it really has been. And just learning ordinances and all the things mm-hmm. that's involved. Um, but we, we did a lot of research before we started. And we, we landed on a community-first model that, that housing doesn't solve homelessness, but community will. And so and that's kind of what we're all about. It's really about an intentional living community. Um, there's, there's so much more. There's so many, um, homelessness is a, a, a wide range of problems and, um, and things that contribute to homelessness. And so, you know, the solutions though, aren't that difficult. It's really about looking at each of those factors and how can we help and how can we love people well, um, and get people on a path. Um, we say from a path of, um, you know, just surviving onto a path of possibilities for their future. So the community first model is, it really addresses all of that. And you come from a background of having uh, being a licensed marriage and family therapist and a former educator. Yes. So all yeah. of these skills just really were so helpful, I'm sure. Yes, yes, de- definitely. Um, just, just seeing the problems. And then within our own family, you know, I had a son that experienced homelessness. And so we kind of have a personal um, heart for this and, and seeing the impacts and kind of a different vantage point. It probably puts a whole different heart feel to it as well. Yes, it does. Yeah, we it really had, does. We had a family member as well that mm-hmm. went through this and sounds very similar. It was, it's difficult. Yes. But, but what a great motivator too, to help other people. Yeah. We are so excited mm-hmm. to, to see lives changed. Yeah. Well, and Stephanie, let's, let's talk about you a little bit too. Stephanie Pontius is the board secretary. So you're a clinical, you've been trained as a clinical dietitian. You've got hospital experience and a master's in public health. And how does this play a part in everything that you're helping with, um, with My Neighbor to Love Coalition? I was involved with New Pathways, which probably a lot of the listeners are remembering back to that um, beautiful partnership we had between a network of churches and then a day center. However, that served only uh, families with children. So I'm really excited about this model because it's 
we're meeting the needs for not just families with children who are without shelter, but also single individuals. And there's a lot of singles in this area. Our place has had like, you know, 22 to 30 individuals um, coming to the day shelter they are offering to people who are homeless. So I'm thankful to have a broader spectrum. And I have to say, although that is my background, the main thing I've been doing is um, a mom to seven kids who are now down to our youngest left at home. So well, and you have to add homeschooling to that, right? Yes. Okay. Right. So that puts, homeschooling that's what a lot of, yes. puts a lot of extra responsibility yeah. to that yeah. as well. And I think that uh, what really drives me is that I feel like the responsibility for uh, taking care of people who are unsheltered in our area is best handled locally. And um, as a follower of Jesus, I feel like that's really a call on us mm-hmm. to be reaching out to those people. And, um, you know, we have the understanding that each person is made in the image of God. They were designed with purpose for a purpose. And so we are perfectly suited to empower people to see that in them and empower them to move towards that. Well, we're going to be talking uh, several times this week and hearing some more from Vicki Kinney and Stephanie Pontius from My Neighbor to Love Coalition. So stay tuned. More ahead right here on The Word. Bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Okay, one of my favorite things, and I'm, I'm being facetious here, uh, about coming back from vacation is the pile of mail and emails and phone messages that you have to kind of wade through. Uh, and so I've been in that process this last week, and I got this anonymous letter. Now, I haven't showed this to you yet, have I, Amy? The anonymous letter. Uh-uh. No. It's just got my name and address on there. Yeah. And it's a Fargo uh, postal well, I thing. saw when it came in the mail. I, oh, I yeah? gave it, I mean, I okay. went and got the mail yesterday. And, okay. And gave it to you, but I didn't know what it was. I have a sneaking suspicion who this might be, but I'm not sure. What'd they send you? So I open it up, and inside are... Two sheets of paper. One is uh, blank, <laughs> which is I don't know if it's weird. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and it was is folded the same way as the other piece of paper, which is how children perceive their grandparents. Oh, and, and it's numbered. And it's numbered. There's 16 things on here. And you think you know who it's from? I have a possibility. Yeah, somebody who came to visit us this summer, and uh, we knew in Fargo. Okay. But it could be, really, it doesn't have to be them. No, because we we have listeners in Fargo. Oh, we I mean, do? to the regular Kwame and Company. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right, well, uh, here's uh, number one. Now, this is from Grandma, apparently, because it says, I was in the bathroom putting on my makeup. Now, that's, so that's not Grandpa. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hopefully. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, so I was in the bathroom putting on my makeup under the watchful eyes of my young granddaughter, as I'd done many times before. After I applied my lipstick and started to leave, the little one said, but grandma, you forgot to kiss the toilet paper goodbye. I probably will never put lipstick on without thinking about kissing the toilet paper goodbye with a, with a smile. So that's how 
grandmas apparently used to do that, or you put oh, on yeah. your lipstick and then twist a yeah. tissue or something. Yeah. So, well, you do that so that it doesn't end up all over your teeth and everywhere. Okay. Else. So the grandchild thought of this as kissing the toilet paper goodbye. So that's <laughs> kind of you draw your own conclusions, I guess. Right. Is this, this one, uh, oh, let's see. Yeah, this is not, uh, it could be a grandma or a grandpa. My young grandson called the other day to wish me a happy birthday. He asked me how old I was, and I told him, 68. My grandson was quiet for a moment, and then he asked, did you start at one? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it can't possibly be that, that high old. any other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you start at just, one? You started at 10? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you got a head start on somebody. You never know. Maybe you started at negative 10. <laughs> well, <laughs> thought you should have been older. Uh, one more here from the anonymous uh, letter about grandparents. After putting or visiting grandchildren to bed, and that's always a hassle, isn't it? That's a uh, hassle, maybe too strong a word. It's a fun, it's a good time too. But I it's... mean, it's different when it's like, because it's not their bed. Right. You're not the person who normally puts them to they bed. You never want just uh, one story. You got to have like six. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because grandpa's a pushover, evidently, well, in your house. Apparently, that's true. Uh, in my house, grandma's not the pushover, oh. and I just say go to bed. Yeah, that's what Belle does. <laughs> After putting her grandchildren to bed, a grandmother changed into old slacks and a droopy blouse and proceeded to wash her hair. As she heard the children getting more and more rambunctious, her patience grew thin. Finally, she threw a towel around her head and stormed into their room putting them back into bed with stern warnings. As she left the room, she heard the three-year-old say with a trembling voice, Who was that? Was that? <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, they're not going to know who that was. Who in the world was that? <laughs> I think yeah. I'll stay in bed because some stranger yeah. comes in and tells you to be quiet. <laughs> much more effective that way. <laughs> okay, I'm saving these. these so are are you, did you X off those so we know which ones we did? Uh, I'm going to put a check track. mark. A yeah. Check, uh-huh. check. Check. We'll start with number we four go. next time. All right. It's about skating on a pond. Okay. Perfect. Next one, skating on a pond. All right. This is a Kwame and Company podcast. And coming up next is uh, the segment number two from PK, the boss, doing uh, uh, doing our work last week when uh, when she <laughs> talked to the people from My Neighbor to Love Coalition. Perfect. This is 91.5, 102.7, The Word, and I'm PK. And I'm joined today by Vicki Kinney, the board chair of My Neighbor to Love Coalition, and Stephanie Pontius, the board secretary. And there is a great amount of work taking place, ladies, right now on this fourplex. There's been a lot of planning for a long time. We've talked about this in the past, but now this reality is happening with the fourplex. Tell us a little bit about how exciting that is and if you have any needs in getting this all done. We are thrilled to be at this point. It's It's been a long haul, and, and boy, if there's any volunteers that wants to help us right now, it's kind of a, a crazy time. We are desperately trying to get these units finished. Um, we do have um, one family, so if we could get them settled before the start of the school year so they're not having to start school sleeping in a car, um, that would be so amazing. So we're, we're about ready to do some painting and laying floors and installing cabinets. So if anybody, any listeners are interested in, in lending a hand and helping us get to that finish line, we would more than more than happy to to welcome their help. And do they have to be like a handyman? Do they have to be super super no. really good at this, or can they 
come and find a, well, a we're task not, to so do. <laughs> we're, we're, we're learning as we go. No, a lot of painting and, and we'll, you know, we're learning how to put the floors in and, you know, yeah, we're, we're kind of learning. We do have some help that some more experienced people that can help us. So yeah, it's just, just that willingness to give us a hand. It would be yeah. great. Be willing to yeah. take direction. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If churches wanted to, you know, send a, pull together a work crew and, you know, come for a four-hour block on a Saturday or more than that. That would be awesome. Norson uh, did the exteriors for us and did such a beautiful job, and they they have really have a heart for the project. So we so appreciate the work they did, and then they were willing to let us finish the interiors in order to keep the costs down. And so we're thankful for every person who has already contributed, and that includes the residents have been helping Um with That's neat. Nailing the sheetrock and screwing the sheetrock in and laying rosin paper on the floor. So yes, we're all about in empowering people. That's a lot of buy-in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Putting homes together yeah. for yeah. themselves and for others. Yeah, yeah, and they're happy to do it. They're excited to do it. Some of them, uh, is it a couple of our residents? I mean, they're they're working uh, full time. One of them mm-hmm. okay. um, has been working full time and um, living in his car. And so he, he's only available till, you know, after work to come, but yeah, they're putting in time as they're able to. So if, uh, two questions, if somebody wants to come and help, Mm -hmm. how do they do that? Sure. So let's answer that one first. Um, You can send us an email at info at mntlc.org. That's probably the easiest way. We do have a Facebook um, group page of My Neighbor to Love Coalition. If you want to look on that, we try to put updates and and anytime we have a volunteer opportunity, we list that on there too. So, okay. um, yeah, so, so do just look us up and um, it will definitely put you to work. Okay, yeah, the, okay, the second question. Yeah. Where is the fourplex located? I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's it's 310 Jackson Street in Northwest Brainerd. So across from the Civic Center, the you know Brainerd Drive, you know, right at that roundabout right there. Yeah, by so, the DMV. Yeah, yeah, right across right. the street from there. So easy to see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so volunteers welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. Anytime. And well, just just a, a, the immediate pressing thing is next Monday we'll start painting. So we're looking for painters at the mm. beginning of next week. And then we have cupboards arriving on Wednesday and needing yeah. people to help us carry them in to the units for storage out of the rain. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we'll talk some more in a few moments here. I'm talking with Vicki Kinney and Stephanie Pontius from My Neighbor to Love Coalition. And you're listening to The Word. Kwame and Company, focusing on closet vision, comfort food, pirates on the prairie, and Pat's gut. It lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. It energizes me and just helps me get through the day. Thanks. This is the Kwame and Company podcast. You know what a podcast is? It's, well, like Kwame and Company without the songs and, uh, uh, you can play it as many times as you want. Without all the good parts. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Without all kidding. the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just yeah, yeah. kidding. I, I, we've got uh, one of Jerry's columns here. This is when he wrote about uh, angry drivers. And I think you were doing something else when this was on the uh, program. So I, I don't know I if believe, you heard this I one. did not hear it. Uh, this is uh, Jerry, uh, my friend Jerry, who's a college-level instructor and he's taught both at NYU and at some college, I forget, in uh, in uh, California. So he's uh, bi-coastal, I guess you could say. Um, anyway, Jerry says, what is it with the highways since the lockdown ended? And he's talking about since the end of COVID. And I noticed this too. 
People are a little more nuts in how they drive, a little less concerned about their fellow uh, I was, vehicles. I was there. just thinking about that today. I've had the same car come up on me when I've turned out of our road and then yeah. I come into town this way. Now, this today, they were in front of me, and they did the same thing to the people in front of them. Oh, but the other right day, on their bumper? Yeah. yeah. And, like, when I went to turn here, when he was following me, or they, because I don't know if it was a woman or a guy driving, yeah. but they, like, zoomed around me when I went to turn into the radio station here. Sort of in, in, like in, I was indignant a, zoom. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's only 35 there. Well, so yeah. they should have been right. going so, slow. Right. Like it, mm. Well, Jerry says, reckless driving. Knowingly running red lights that have long turned from amber, <laughs> darting in and out with or without signaling, hmm. kind of stuff he's saw, observed. Yeah, we saw a guy doing that the other day on the way to work, oh, too. Man, that's not good. Well, Jerry says in New Maybe. Jersey, you can hit uh, pound 77 on your phone to report aggressive drivers. Ooh. Pound 77. But he says, hey, that's 80% of the drivers in New Jersey. Right. So <laughs> be on the phone all day. Right. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> Uh, Jerry said, I once called Pound 77 to report an 18-wheeler on the turnpike whose driver threw a tire iron, <gasps> yes, a tire iron, out of his cab at the vehicle in back of him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he said it must have really made him lose it, and he could have that could have ended in disaster. Yeah, that could, so, that could kill somebody. Oh, yeah, it goes right through the windshield. Uh, Jerry said nothing was done even after the call. Of course, you know. They'd have to respond pretty quick for him to see it. But anyway, I, I can understand his frustration with that. Well, yeah. So Jerry says, how to exist in a world of angry or anger when you're not angry? Mm. Uh, and he says, first, take care to be safe and defensive. And then a mindset of understanding that we can only control ourselves and no one else, which is impossible. Mm-hmm. Which that's one of my favorite sayings, you know, you only person you could change is yourself right you can't change other people but um jerry says a breakdown of manners consideration and empathy shows up everywhere but it doesn't have to stop us from living the way we want one person at a time mm. that's another good he's full of good quotes here he sure is the next one uh we always have control but we don't always exercise it yeah <laughs> okay. isn't that the truth yeah and then this last one is a, he's quoting a guy named John Bradshaw. He says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Sure. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Right. I like this whole thing here. Yeah. I've got to put this Great. on my wall. Maybe we should have it notarized and put it on the prediction wall. <laughs> I'm not go. doing so. So, and as believers, you know, even even more so. We know that the the only way to to change people, and we don't know what the circumstance is for these angry people either. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they could be going through something that's really catastrophic in their life. Right. Uh, so the only thing, the best thing we can do is to pray for God's perspective on the situation or in dealing with people, mm-hmm. and uh, or even just uh, praying for them if it looks like, hey, that guy's having a tough day. <laughs> yeah. So, Jerry, thanks for leading us in that direction. I got to do this one more. And this is really true when we think of God's perspective. You, If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah, I, that I is like great. That. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Speaking of changing uh, perspective of stuff, uh, PK has another segment here. 
of her talk with the ladies from the My Neighbor to Love Coalition in Brainerd as they seek to solve the, the, the whole situation of homelessness. 91.5102.7 the word I'm PK and I'm joined we're going to continue a conversation we've been having all week with Vicky Kinney and Stephanie Pontius from My Neighbor to Love Coalition and uh, we just talked about the fourplex and the volunteer opportunities and how exciting that is because this is going to be just a very busy week, so if you're able to help out, we're giving you some options to do that. But let's talk, too, about the fundraiser that's coming up, and I believe that's August 31st. Tell us a little bit about that and what the fundraiser, I'm assuming this is going to help the fourplex so you can get things done, but tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, we are excited about this. We, we do have about $180,000 left to to pay off the final bills for the fourplex, and we're just going plowing forward. So the fundraiser will be um, at the Gathering um, Center in Cross Lake, um, Massieri's will be providing the appetizers. Um, it should be a really, really fun night. There'll be games and cash raffles, and um, so that's from six to eight. You can get tickets at the door, or you can um, go on our website at mntlc.org/events or click on our events tab, and there'll be a link there to get a ticket. Um, so twenty dollars per person. Okay. So yeah, we're really excited about. It'll be um, very, very exciting and fun time. Yeah, and just a shout out to Dawn and her team at Mossieri's. It's been beautiful teaming up with them. They've been so encouraging mm-hmm. and supportive, and we're excited to uh, be crossing the finish line for our first housing units for this community first model, which is all about um, not just providing housing but uh, creating connections, facilitating connections, creating a place to belong. Um, And so everything about the fourplex, and then ultimately there'll be a community health center and two more 12 plexes is designed to build community. So there's uh, front back porches, I guess you could call them, walking paths. There'll be a community garden. The health center will be a hub where people can gather art therapy, rec room, access to supportive resources, uh, transitional housing up on the second floor. Um, So all about building connections between the residents and then also with the wider community um, because housing doesn't solve homelessness, but community does. It makes it a home. Yes, and, and if you live to right, right mm-hmm. if you live in a home, then you get to know your neighbors. You get yes. to be part of that community. You take pride in your community. All of that. I love that whole model of community first. I think that that's that's really a great way of I think of setting this all up. Mm-hmm. And it, and it goes maybe a different direction than a lot of other facilities do that are all doing their hardest to help people. And that's great. But I love the community aspect of this. It really is about relationships and accountability to one another and our accountability to them, their accountability to us um, and to the community. Um, so, yeah, living with a purpose and, and finding that purpose for people. Yeah. It's a very exciting, very exciting project. So this is maybe further down the road, but it sounds like you have a couple of residents to, that are already getting set up a family. How do you how do you talk with them and do you do a lot of training ahead of time to get the whole community first aspect you know, in their hearts too, that this is, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Yes. That's the first thing we do. That's one of the, the criteria when they do fill out an application is we go through our handbook and we, we talk with them about what intentional living, that this isn't just an inexpensive rental. This is really about living with purpose and intention. So we go through our handbook and our, our guidelines and they have to agree to abide by all of those. We have 
um, neighborhood association meetings. Everybody um, needs to participate in, so they have a voice in, in how the neighborhood's going to be run. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're really well aware of if this is the right fit for them. So we do have our first four households already picked out and very anxiously <laughs> waiting to move in. Give us the website again, because if people want to get tickets for the fundraiser, mm-hmm. which we were talking about just a moment ago, or any other details, sure. where would they go? They would go to mntlc.org, and on there, there's uh, different tabs, and it will be under events to get tickets. Wonderful. I'll be back talking currently right now with Vicki Kinney and Stephanie Pontius from My Neighbor to Love Coalition, and you're listening to The Word. Well, that's it for podcast number 16, Kwame and Company podcast 16. And I was going to tell you how to find the podcast, but apparently you've already picked that lock. (laughs) Figured that out. So if you want to see us on, uh, or hear us, I should say. Yeah, see us us on the radio. Yeah, see us on the radio. Color radios. (laughs) (laughs) You You listen Monday through Friday from 6 to 9. Yeah. On 91.5 or 102.7 or at theword.mn.